What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks for listening to Resume on Podcast One. And it's Resume. Ah, uh, yes. Thanks so much for tuning in. My name's Chris Loxamana. And once again, this is the show where we talk about, that's right, resumes, careers, <laughs> career paths. And uh, I, I, lo- I love doing the show because every, every job, I think, is interesting in its own way. And today, I am so excited to welcome Brian Sackett to the show. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me here. Oh, yeah, man. I'm really glad. You, you know Brian. He's uh, on TBS's Wreck. Um, he's also on Wolf of Wall Street. I was in the Wolf of Wall Street. That is correct. Yeah, Pinhead. Pinhead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, and uh, he, he's making his own content. Fact, fact Checkers Unit. SCU. Yeah. You oh done, man. And that was uh, a bit ago. Yeah, Bill yep. Murray. We got Bill Murray. We got Bill Murray on the web. Yeah. Back in 2007, 2008. Yeah, the pioneers on the web. On the web. Yeah, Bill it Murray didn't even exist then. <laughs> we got him on the web. You started the web, pretty much. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna give you credit for that. Thank you. But you've had you've had a ton of jobs. So you follow him on Twitter, Instagram at Brian Sacca and uh, and uh, S it's S A C C A. Your brother's actually uh, a famous Sacca as well. Yeah, we got double Sackas. Yeah, d- double Sackas. Um, <laughs> that he, Chris Sacca, he's a famous uh, entrepreneur. Type. Google Chris Sacca, and you're going to be a lot more excited than Googling me. We'll just yeah. put it that way. Well, he, and, be, and you were allowed to Google him because of Chris, because <laughs> Chris worked at Google or something. He like. did work <laughs> at Google, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so l- let's talk about you, though. You uh, Before the mic's heated up, you came in, and you... You had a uh, list already typed down your phone of all the all the old jobs you've had, which I'd love to go over. Yes. As well as um, I I definitely want to talk about uh, acting, yep. and writing. I've done both. Yeah, and the but you have a you have a movie coming out. I do have a movie coming, uh, not coming out, but we're about to shoot it. Uh, hopefully this fall that I wrote and uh, Kat Candler's directing. She's a fantastic director. We got an amazing producing team, awesome financiers. We are ready. To get yes. on the ground running. So theoretically shooting in Canada this fall after I just shot in Fiji th- for three months. So it's like the exact opposite of where. <laughs> Canada where, and then Fiji. Fiji. That's, the, yeah. that's the life of a entertainer, <laughs> like, I guess, Exactly, right? yeah. Um, yeah, and I just want to I, – I definitely want to hear about uh, just your feelings, your concerns, your, your fears, your excitement about – uh, writing your first movie and, uh, act- and actually the process of it getting holy made. Holy cow. We can get into that 
I, that that's a conversation that you're going to be my shrink. You're going to be <laughs> my shrink in this podcast. Yeah. I want to be. Um, and let's see. I mean, yeah, you've just you're you're constantly creating, which I yes. love. Um, and yeah, I definitely want to hear the relationship between acting and writing because, yeah. um, although you know one usually leads to the other, yes, I think they're two totally different processes. So to to actually like hundred channel different different uh, things from each yeah each job. I mean, you know. I'll just start to say that I, I started as an actor. I went to college to be an actor at NYU. And when I got out of college, I hated everything I was performing in. It was a lot of like downtown theater, like experimental, mm-hmm. uh, not great theater. I should face the mic. I just realized that as I turned into the mic, uh, and it sounded a lot better. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I started writing my own stuff because it was just uh, – it was my way to control what I was doing as an actor and uh, I partnered with one of my best friends at the time when we started doing two man content, which is the guy that I did fact checkers with. We got Bill Murray to do it and turned it into a series that had a number of other funny celebrities involved in it, uh, including like James Franco and Moby. Who? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, uh, so yeah, I writing at first was just, uh, a path to acting. But as I became a better writer, I realized that it was a, its own thing. And so I kind of separated the two. Like, um, Do you like being in control like that? Like, I, for, like, it's, like um, it's for me, I love being in control. I need to be. Like, I have to, I have to touch every part of it. It freaks me out if somebody else yeah. is doing it. I mean, there's, yeah, at, at the beginning, yes, that's exactly what I wanted. But then it, be, it got to the point where I realized that kind of, being in control was kind of micromanaging. And mm-hmm. sometimes, especially in creative worlds like filmmaking or video content, it was better to have more voices. So in a sense, that's why I like acting on Rekt just as an actor because somebody else has done all the thinking about the writing. I just have to come be funny, maybe bring some funny shit to the show, and and that's my job. And then I can walk away at the end of the day where if I wrote it, I'd be thinking like, oh, man, is this the best joke? Can I do a better joke? Okay, I I I would be in my head the entire time. Uh, yeah, that, so even that would the movie, me. yeah, it's it, it, there's so much. And when we were doing like fact checkers unit, my partner and I were writing, producing, acting. I was editing some of it, so it was like it was it was micromanaging to like the nth degree, and and I don't think it was healthy. Like I was not the happiest guy at that time, <laughs> and I realized it was better to separate. Yeah, like, even the movie. Uh, that I'm doing in the fall, which is now titled Buffaloed, uh, I only wrote a small part for myself in it because I'd rather focus on the writing and the producing of it because yeah. I won't then go insane like I used to when I did it all. That's not me discouraging people from doing it all. You should do everything you can to make content and get your voice out there. I mean that's kind of where we are at now. Yeah, is you got it. Everybody do it is just doing their own thing, writing, performing, yeah. and um, – and, you know, doing it all with their iPhone or, you know. I mean, and that's the thing is when I was doing that stuff, like fact checkers, that was, I think we, we shot the first one in, uh, in 2008, 2007 or 2008. And then that went until 2011. There wasn't iPhone. Like you really couldn't make a video on your phone back then. You had to get camera equipment and sync your sound and edit on an Avid and all of these things that you just (laughs) – you can – are obsolete now almost. 
Yeah, you had you actually had to pay a lot of money for equipment, <laughs> yeah. find it, rent it. However, or just beg people. Man, I called in so many favors that I never returned. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. "This is gonna pay back, man. This is gonna pay back for you." Yeah. Uh, well, at least it paid off for you because now look at you. <laughs> you're, uh, exactly. You're uh, you have a move. Let, let's talk about the writing. We'll get yeah. into your jobs in a sec. I'm just uh, I'm on this kick right now. Yeah. So, um, writing. We uh, you you wrote a movie. How, how was the process of of doing that? Like just sitting down and thinking, all right, I need to make 120 pages of script. Like <laughs> uh, it was. So I'd written movies before, but it had always been with some sort of partner, like a friend or a guy, where we wanted to write something together. And and I had always felt um, just the desire to see what would happen. If it was only me, if I if I was the only person responsible for the final product, yeah. and that was both terrifying and freeing it uh, in a respect because because I knew that whatever I wrote on the page, if I liked it, that's what it was. But at the same time, I knew that I was responsible for all the grammar. Like I couldn't be like, oh man, that guy's a terrible yeah. speller. <laughs> like I was the terrible that's speller now. Yeah. So it was. Uh, it was a little bit of both. I think I had had enough experience writing where I knew, I knew things like structure. I knew things like specifying character. It was more about how could this script be the best version of me as a writer. Yeah. And I think that was the pressure I put on myself, and I'm happy that I did because I spent more time writing it than most people do writing scripts. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when people read it, they're like, oh, that's something new that I haven't seen before. It's so. in, in the transition from a group effort to a solo effort, like it, you know, just like a guy who in a band who decides, yeah. "Oh, I'm going to make my first solo record," yeah. and it takes them ten years because yeah, yeah they're exactly. always in their own head. There's no yeah. one to police or govern their yeah. ideas and say, "Oh, that's good, keep it." Yes, or, exactly. Because uh, you know, in your head, it could always be, "Oh, I can make this better." I could always make it better. I mean, I I have a script right now that I'm I'm pretty close to finished with. I was writing it when I was shooting the second season of Wrecked. And just this morning, I went back and started reading it, and I was like, "Oh man, I gotta, I gotta work on this thing." Like, <laughs> I was like, "I'm." I said to my wife when I went home, "I was like, it's gonna be a few months before I'm done with this thing." She was like, "It's done," and you I was like, it. "I know." Like, yeah, I gotta take it back. Like, it's it's one of those things where I like saw it, and I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna get in my head on this." But for that, I want to because again, it's all on me. So I want to make sure it's a good representation of who I am. So where do you so. where do you set the threshold of knowing? Okay, we can move on. Uh, man, that's a good question. I, I think it's it? like if I feel it, I always give it to my wife. She's my first read. She, If she's like, this is good, <laughs> then great. We're moving on. If she's like, this is a uh, – she'll never say it's a pile of trash, but she'll be like, I liked this other thing you writ- wrote better. If she says that, then I'm like, oh, man, this is a pile of trash. I got to start over. Which, I just I just see you giving uh, your wife a script and then walking behind one of those one way mirrors and just yeah, watching just her read it. Like, you gonna read it? Yeah. That is <laughs> waiting wait for the lap. Like. <laughs> I will when I do send it to her and she she gives me shit for it. I'll send it to her like on a Tuesday and then that night I'll just be sitting watching her, being like, "You gonna read it now? Yeah. Or are you gonna read it tomorrow? Okay." <laughs> and then the next day I'll be like, "Do you have do you have like an hour and a half to read yeah. this? No? Oh, you don't? Okay. When you, let's just let's block out some time when you can read the script. So it's yeah. hard to be on the other end of that though. Yeah. You know, like. Uh, when somebody want, tries to show me their new song or their, yeah, or like a video exactly. they worked on, and it's a five minute, seven minute thing. It's, yeah, you have to sit there and watch them watch you oh, while focusing. On that. I won't do that to her. I will leave the room because man, if I was just like, 
Why aren't you laughing? Yeah. Oh, you should laugh. Do you not at get line. that read? Yeah. Okay, let's go back. Yeah. Let's look at this page again. <laughs> try it like this. Yeah, try it like this. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, writing. I mean, it's 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 a double edged sword because like what I enjoy about acting a lot and writing with a partner is you have somebody else there and you're bouncing ideas off of each other. But writing by yourself, like you just go into a room. And just stare at a computer and get sucked in your head. Yeah. And I, I get this thing where when I'm writing, I just uh, – I get this thousand-yard thousand stare where I just kind of like get these dead eyes and stare off in the distance. And there have definitely been times where like friends of mine have walked into a cafe where I'm writing and they're like, you OK, man? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm just thinking about something. Like, Walked out. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's, uh, that's the thing. But I, I – uh, I don't know. I like it a lot. It's tough to focus. It's tough to focus, like we were just talking about, mm-hmm. when in the days of uh, of Twitter and Instagram and texting, yeah. where people are just dinging you. I told people life. on the show, uh, yeah, they recently turned off my text my text yeah. alerts, uh, so I don't get bothered. And amazing, um, yeah. And it, my my life has significantly improved because <laughs> of it. Yeah, and where I've actually gotten more stuff done, and and I've been able you to focus, focus a lot better. Yeah, I I was saying I. I actually got a burner phone because I was getting so much so distracted by my iPhone that I bought a separate phone line and when I would go to write I would tell my wife I'm I'm taking the burner phone today because she was the only one that had the number and that way I could just focus on writing if there is an emergency she should call me but otherwise I'm just writing yeah. and it was great. You're just in the bunker. <laughs> and, uh, exactly. Yeah, just call call the emergency number if, if you need me. If you need me. I had to learn how to text with uh, the old uh, like number texting where you have to press oh, like, yeah. three, four times to get a, a D or whatever yeah. it was. That that was annoying. But besides that, <laughs> I was happy to get a burner. Oh, the, yeah. The uh, Is it a flip phone? It wasn't a flip. Oh, it would have been man, amazing. I, I should have got, got a flip. got to get a flip phone. Just to be able to flip. Yeah, that's a great point. Like I was on the wire or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I love that idea. I, I think uh, freeing yourself from distraction is is almost a skill now. Yeah, um, that's to, a great way to put it. Put because it, yeah. and, and and the discipline, just because it's so easy to any anything. Yeah, uh, to, to be distracted and writing, uh, you have to put a hundred percent of your brain into it. Yeah, like as you said, you're you're you you stop you cease all other motor functions where your friends yeah. are asking you, hey, man, yeah, what, exactly. what's going on? Yeah, because you are just trapped in this black box of your brain yeah. for hours. Just, I actually – one of the things, another weird thing about when I write – and this has always been the case, but if I write or when I was editing too, I would edit the videos that um, my partner and I would do. We uh, – uh, I don't open my mouth. And so I would get uh, – my my wife would call it stank breath because I would close <laughs> my mouth and clench my teeth for hours at a time because I'm so focused <laughs> That it was almost like I went to sleep and would have like morning breath at the end of working. And she'd be like, go brush your teeth. And I'd be like, oh my God, you editing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You write, did you write a lot today? Like an old yeah. fridge. Just trapped. My mouth is a festing with bacteria because I'm writing. Yeah. That's gross. Yeah, I, I do stuff like that too. Like I, I, um, yeah, I, I grind my teeth. I, yeah. I, yeah, I didn't even know I did that. Yeah. I, like when I'm focused. Coffee doesn't help. Yeah, the coffee's not good, too, but it's so delicious and so necessary. <laughs> I drank too, way too much coffee. I, I, I'm all, I'm now at the point where I don't even know if I need it, <laughs> um, like to stay awake. Or like, yeah. But it's just, well, I need it. I just, in my head, I think I yeah. need it. Like, oh, I, 
Like, oh, I'm functioning perfectly throughout the day. And then a part of my brain goes, wait, you didn't have coffee today. <laughs> and it's not – my brain doesn't think, oh, I guess I don't need coffee. It's, oh, my God, I don't need I – didn't, I didn't drink my coffee today. What yeah. is go, what's going yeah, on? Exactly. <laughs> I it's have bad. no idea. I started drinking cold brew last year and it was making me sweat on yeah. cold days. And I was like, this is bad. This is this. – I've gone too far. I got to cut it back. Yeah, that will give you the shakes, man. <laughs> yeah, man. It, it was really – it was that that was like meth. I was just <laughs> drinking meth for a while. Oh man. Well, you, yeah, you need to. As I said, you got you got to stay focused. And then the acting, you uh, so you got into writing because you were already acting, yeah. and you thought, I kind of want to, I I want to try to write maybe like you know have a little more control of the voice. Yeah. That you know that that I'll be portraying and things like that. And, exactly. And that's always fun. And it, you know. Um, you learn you learn so much just by uh, writing. And this yeah. this time it was in your voice. Yeah. But then trying to write for other people is always different to you. And I actually enjoy writing for other people because. Uh... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No it's a way to, to, to create new voices and yeah. new worlds. Like, I, again, in everything I write, there will be a little piece for me that it's like something fun that I want to do. But for some reason, I actually have an easier time writing for an invented character than now, at least writing for an invented character than writing for myself, portraying a character. Yeah. So in a sense, that just makes it easier. Like a lot of songwriters will write, uh, and they'll, they'll just find out what, what's their range, what, what key can this person sing? Brilliant. And then they'll just, yeah. And they'll just write for them and kind of in their voice. And then they interpret it. And, um, exactly. yeah, just, I always think that it's a, it's a good tool to have yeah. in your, in your tool belt is to be able to, Exactly. To write for other people. I mean, in that sense, like the the main character of of the movie that I just wrote is a female in her mid to late twenties, and oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's a it's a uh, a female driven movie, and um, and it's it has to have an actress that can be dramatic, but can also do comedy, and can be um, uh, really forceful and convincing, like a great salesman of a person. And that kind of whittles down your options to there. You know, there are there are a lot of amazing actresses out there, but to kind of be able to do all of those things is it, there's a there's a, a a select few awesome people. Yeah. Um, are you, so are you going to be involved with the casting? Yeah, we're we're out to people right now. That process is moving uh, forward right now in an awesome Ooh. awesome way, which is exciting. Yeah, <laughs> fingers crossed on a number of ways and a number of levels. But. Um, but in that same tone, that was really fun to write that character. Uh, but I did see the kind of like difficulty that comes or just the the constraints that comes when it's when you're casting that. So my next character is another – my next main character of the movie that I'm writing is another woman. But now she's in her mid to late 30s. The, the character is not as specific as that one because I was like – there's so many amazing actresses in their in their mid to late 30s who would crush it at doing both drama and comedy. I want to open up for all of those. So that's like in that same where you're like talking about the you know the 
octave range yeah. that singers could do. I was like, these are the this is the kind of like subset of actress that I want to yeah. be in my movie. So kind of have an idea. Yeah, an idea of like who could play this role in what range of women could play yeah. this role and then writing towards it. And then then who enhances it and that's exactly. that's what uh that's how you'll pick it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so wait, so you have an so you're writing another movie. Another movie. Yeah. Did you have to do you wait for the one to finish before you start or is it the idea comes you got to think okay, now they over they're overlapping. Exactly. It was uh, cuz I finished writing the one that's going uh, about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was just kind of waiting to get inspired with another story. And and uh, I heard a story that I knew I could kind of tweak into a fun movie. And so I, it was uh, it was like four months ago. I was just like, oh, man, I got to write this movie. I like called my agent. And I was like, this is the movie I want to write. And they were like, yes, go write that movie. Nice. So, yeah, it's fun. It's really fun. And then the the creation. So you you let the ideas just come to you. You don't you don't go into the bunker and you know just like tap your pen like <laughs> yeah. all right I need something. Yeah. I feel like anytime I've done that in the past, I've just churned out shit. So yeah, I'd no, rather it's like forced, wait. Contrived. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's contrived. So I'd rather wait for like something because it also with a feature, you're going to be writing that for months. So it's got to be a movie where you're like. Man, I can sit down and dig into this for four to five to six months. Uh, <laughs> and it's like even with a TV show, you know, a TV show, I wrote a pilot for a TV show last year and I was like, this is awesome. This is great. It took, it was a much quicker process because it's only, you know, 30 to 34 pages as opposed to 120. Well, just as, you know, for yeah. now. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And then I was like, wait a minute, I'm going to spend seven years. <laughs> Running this show. Is this really what I want to do? Do I want to live with these people for seven years? So, yeah. yeah. So. Well, you work on you work in TV. And, I do uh, work in TV. Yeah, and that's yeah. – uh, yeah, as we said, going into season two yep. with, uh, with Wrecked. I mean, yep. um, yeah, that's that's uh, day in, day out kind of job too. So I, yep. I, like, I, time management must be crazy for you. Like I, It is. I mean that – Wrecked is different because we go – we shoot that on location – so the first season we shot in Puerto Rico. The second season we, sh- we shot in Fiji. We just <laughs> wrapped ten days ago, something like that. I gotta I get on know. that show. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, man. I will say, uh, shooting in the tropics has its pluses and minuses. Pluses are you're in the tropics. Your weekends are amazing because you're on a beach and it's gorgeous. Minuses are when you're shooting, you're on a beach. It's 95 degrees. It's 98 percent humidity. You're in the blasting sun all day. I learned – you didn't, may not have known this. You can get sunburnt on your eyeballs, which I did. Oh, because, my – Yeah, because you you're in the elements and we're shooting oh. in jungles. You got to deal with bugs, like so much. It's an intense shoot. Like we are yeah. – we are in the shit. Like, I mean, most people, you know, they, they go and they vacation there for yeah. a few days. Yeah, you know? for a few days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. not two and a half months. <laughs> yeah. so, it's still glorious. Like, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, like, everyone's like, oh, my God, Fiji, that must have been amazing. I was like, it was amazing for a week. And then it was just <laughs> brutal. So, but the weekends were amazing. We would go and, like, go to islands and go snorkeling in the bluest water you've ever seen. And then we'd go back in to the beach and, and just get eaten alive by mosquitoes. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna assume you're still just on a two and a half month vacation. <laughs> um, no, yeah, excited about that show uh, cool. coming back. Uh, TV. I think it was named like best comedy in, on cable. Like number one. Uh, number one comedy on cable last year. Crazy comedy. Yeah. So we were. That was super exciting for us, uh, and we're excited for the second season because it's uh, second season is insane. Some crazy, yeah. crazy shit happens. Uh, new characters. 
Um, a lot of sh- a lot of guns, a lot of shooting. It's intense. Love it's it. an intense, yeah. fun, fun season. Some great cameos coming in. I like the the comedy and the action put together. It's just it's, yeah. it's such a good balance of exactly I don't know, just entertainment. I like it. Like I when I was down there, Tropic Thunder was on TV, and I was like, when that movie came out, I loved it, and mm-hmm. I feel like in a sense, like tonally, we have a little bit of Tropic Thunder going on. It's comedy, but there's a lot of like intense, real action. Like we had some real deal stunts this year. Like some like. Holy shit, is somebody going to die stunts this year? <laughs> oh, wow. And uh, so it's that's what I love. I love that shit. I love the the heightened stakes of that. Yeah, even even behind the scenes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There are a number of times I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, please, everybody live. Okay, everybody's alive. That's cool. We can move on. Yeah. Oh. Um, we're, let's talk about some of your, your jobs. Um, yeah. But before we get into the, the nitty-gritty, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm guessing that kind of helped uh, you get the wrecked gig, or is it? it? Did, uh, yeah, it definitely did. Um, I mean, that was yeah. a great movie. Is it, it was thank you big and yeah, it was a big movie. I was a you were uh, you were awesome. <laughs> thank you, man. It was a fun. I it was got a to cool shoot character. A, like it's it a fun character. We got to shoot for five months, so we were there for a while because they Scorsese would just kind of put us into scenes and be like. Let's bring the boys in because we were part of a crew. Oh, he just like and, called and audibles? He'd like, yeah, he'd just be like, oh, figure some shit out. Like, yeah, no do way. some shit here. So a lot of my stuff in the movie was, um, you know, we would be doing shit and then Scorsese would be like, oh, man, that's funny what you're doing. Let's put a camera on Brian and shoot what he's doing right now. And it was it what is was that? Awesome. What is hearing that like? It was <laughs> I mean, Like, it, well, I'll say my, my second day on the shoot uh, – Actually, since we're talking about jobs, I'll, I'll tell another story about yeah. my, one of my first interactions with him. So before that, I kind of stepped away from being on camera and just focused on being a uh, branded content producer. So this was like uh, seeing the success of Fact Checkers Unit, that, which was a branded content piece because we had mm-hmm. Samsung involved and um, other sponsors. I saw you know, this is kind of the beginning of – it was like the Wild West back then where you could get – some really intense budgets without any expectations for the videos. So it was kind of like an optimal situation to make yeah. a lot of money in branded content. So I was like, why am I pursuing this fruitless uh, job of acting where I wasn't booking anything? Why don't I focus on branded content? And uh, like 18 months into that, my manager – emailed me and was like, would you move to New York for The Wolf of Wall Street? And I responded, a werewolf movie? <laughs> and he just wrote, directed by Martin Scorsese. And I was like, yes, I will audition <laughs> yeah. for that, please. Open and, with that next yes, time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, so I auditioned. I, I uh, flew to New York, met with Scorsese, got the part, which is amazing. Uh, moved to New York. Uh, first day of rehearsal. We had a couple days of rehearsal. I'm at a table. It's me, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jonah Hill, my, my friend PJ Byrne, Ken Choi, and Scorsese. And, uh, and we're, we're doing some scenes. We're working some stuff out. And Scorsese and DiCaprio start debating uh, how to shoot one scene. One of them wanted to stick to the script. The other wanted to improv the scene. And they're going back and oh, forth interesting for 10 that, minutes. That, that Leo would, yeah. would, uh, would chime in on that too. And exactly. Because this was their fifth movie yeah. together. They had a, so they, a rapport. And, and, uh, and my the producer in me just shot out and I raised my hand and I went, <laughs> guys. And I remember 
PJ Byrne looks at me like, what the fuck are you doing right now? And Scorsese is even like a little taken back by it. And he looks at me and, uh, and he goes, Brian. And I was like, well, and I, and I made this assumption. I don't know why I said this. I said, well, you're going to shoot this on a circle track, right? And he like looks at me like, uh-huh. And I was like, then we'll shoot it both ways. And he looks at Leo and they look at each other and they're like, okay, yeah, we'll shoot it both ways. And in that moment, I was like, oh, oh my God, my what did you just God. do? That was the biggest mistake of your life. But it, it turned out great. And three months later when we were shooting that scene, they did shoot it on a circle track. And I was like, I said that. I was right. They're shooting it on a circle track. And it made me, made me very excited. But it was one yeah, of they the – Yeah, they should have put a credit in the middle of that scene. Like, <laughs> like idea. Brian mentioned this. <laughs> yeah, circle Brian track. confirmed idea. this idea. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, – so that was one thing where it was like a, a shocker, like go back into acting. You are just acting. Like even <laughs> even later – It's so terrifying. I'm, it's I'm, so terrifying. I have anxiety yeah. right now. Even a, a few days after that, we were shooting <laughs> – it was our first day of production and uh, they had a drone shot. And it was one of the first times uh, – Scorsese had used a drone. Yeah. And, wow. I, I didn't even know he used it. He used a drone. It's like a, a party at like a, um, uh, a house in the Hamptons and it, it comes the, – the shot comes over the water cool. and up in the party and we're all partying on a balcony. It was really fun and uh, Scorsese standing there talking about the drone and I, and I described this one shot that I had previously done with a drone and he just stares at me and he's like, do you want to direct this picture? And I was like, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm getting fired right now. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I mean, like as a joke. Let's see Brian's like, death scene right now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, let's get him out of here. Yeah, that was it was amazing. <laughs> so, uh, but it was it was an incredible experience. Like uh, in that way, Scorsese would always talk to us about like the shots he was doing, why, why, like how he was inspired to to choose that shot. What movie maybe inspired him to do it? Um, like there was a there was an incredible moment where he uh, there was somebody was at a microphone and the camera was set up behind this person at the microphone and uh, and which was a pretty standard shot if somebody's at the microphone you're yeah, gonna yeah. kind of be over the shoulder or over the head and Scorsese came in and was like uh, uh, no like it shouldn't be over the shoulder it should be over the microphone because we want the audience to feel the terror that this person is feeling. At the microphone, so the audience is the oh, person. Oh, yes. Point it was a brilliant, like literally just pushing the camera forward five inches, changed the whole shot. It yeah. was just brilliant stuff like that, where he would he would tell us like why things were happening. So it was a great. I said it was like a crash course film school. I was gonna say, yeah, how cool for you to just yeah. see that all like no nobody could really get that kind of lesson exactly day know? day in and day out, just little little pieces that were awesome. That's brilliant. So, yeah. It was – I'm so incredibly lucky to be a part of that movie just for that. I mean not even because it was so much fun to shoot and I made so many great uh, lifelong friends out of it and because I loved the movie. Besides all that, the learning – what I learned from Scorsese on that shoot was undeniable. Like it was just amazing. He's an amazing dude. Yeah, just hearing you talk about it, I can I could tell. Like, yeah. like just the little tiny things that you – Oh, my God. It's amazing. Yeah. Like I could, I could tell stories forever. One thing I did learn, and this is something that uh, people don't believe me until they're in the situation, is shooting an orgy is the grossest <laughs> thing in the world. <laughs> it's so gross. Don't tell me that. It's oh, so gross. Never meet your heroes. I'm so <laughs> bummed. 
<laughs> exactly. It is like just think of it this way. You're in a tiny room yeah. under a bunch of hot lights. It already and it looks it's it's much smaller than what it looks it's like on already camera. Smaller. Yeah. And then so everybody's sweating. It's in it's usually starts in the morning, so it's about eight thirty in the morning. Everybody's sweating. Uh you're under these hot yeah. lights. There's you a have editing of, breath. You have editing <laughs> breath. Yeah, exactly. And uh within ten minutes it smells so bad. Uh a friend of mine just had heard me tell that story before and just shot a group sex scene in something and they were like, I never believed you. <laughs> and now I know you're hundred percent right. It gets so gross. So now uh, now every orgy scene I see on HBO, <laughs> yeah, I'm just exactly. gonna I'm just yeah. gonna be like, oh, it's gonna take me out of it. Oh, they're miserable. They're I, don't, miserable. I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe this. I didn't say I was miserable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll take me out. Um, why? Why were you uh, getting like thinking of uh, quitting the acting? And uh, it was just kind of like a time versus reward thing. Like uh, I had been auditioning for stuff. You know, I've only booked a few things in my life, and two of them were Wolf of Wall Street and Wrecked. Like I. Besides that, I had booked one commercial and... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One line on a TV show, and I was like, this is... I had done a bunch of stuff, but it was all like my friends saying, come and do this or come and do that. It wasn't like auditioning. So I said I would act in things if my friends asked me to, but... Um, You're not going to pursue it. I'm as... not going to pursue it. I'm not going to go on five auditions a week. It's uh, getting burnt out. And, I was just kind of, yeah. I was like, why am I wasting that time that I could be using to make branded content and make a lot more money? Yeah. So, so oh, so the output just wasn't yeah. wasn't wasn't as high as it was. Uh, it was just a money thing. I was making a lot more money doing doing branded content. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's crazy how things work that work out like that because yeah. um, I've had a lot of actors on the show and they mm. all have that that, that moment. story that moment yeah. of. Um, Right at right when they're at their wits end and they're just they're just about to call it quits, something cool happens. Yeah, that kind of. I mean, it's almost mine, a sign, you know. Yeah, mine's different because I I my wits end was passed and I had quit, <laughs> and something cool happened. Yeah. So, which in a weird way, I'm actually more grateful for because I appreciate every acting thing that much more now. Where it's like, like Wolf of Wall Street was a magical gift. And then after that, wrecked was another magical gift, and whatever happens in the future, future is just like it's just something awesome. Whereas uh, before, maybe maybe um, I would have felt like entitled to to be you know on wrecked, where it'd be like, yeah, of course I deserve this. Instead, it's like this is an amazing thing that I get to experience with my friends. Yeah, so there, yeah, there's, a, there's an appreciation, a gratefulness yeah. for uh, for that kind of thing because, exactly. and you you do kind of need the. Um, not necessarily a fail, like the failures, but the you do need to like see the other end of it to really yeah. appreciate what you what, what you're getting too. Because exactly. if you're only getting everything you want, I mean, it's impossible yeah. for you to, to <laughs> think, oh, to have that perspective to be like, yeah. this is amazing, what's happening? Yeah. So. All right, let's talk about some of your jobs because yeah. you came in with a list. I got a phone, list, man, and you flash it at me, and I didn't want to. I don't really want to look too too much <laughs> because I, I I like being surprised. Uh, <laughs> but. It was a it was a list. Like, I got, cool I got so many jobs in here, man. And um and and you and before you even turned off your you you thought, oh my god, I forgot one. 
Oh yeah, what? Did, what and it was an anthropology. Oh yeah, you worked at at my, my one of my uh, least favorite stores. That, yeah. No, I, I like anthropology uh, for a couple reasons. One is I can close my eyes and pick anything out for my girlfriend, and I win. Like you know, <laughs> you're gonna win no yeah. matter what. Uh, I will say I worked in anthropology. This was in college. Uh, I went to NYU and it was in Soho, so it was like walking distance. But this is when they had a really big home section. Uh-huh. And so it wasn't as much about the clothes and it was more about the home yeah. stuff that they were, you know. Man, I, I spent so much time like organizing doorknobs and shit like that. <laughs> like I was real good at that. Uh, yeah, but, it's, the layouts, it's all it's all nice. Like, it's, it's, yeah, exactly. It was good layout. stuff. It- uh, but man, it was a uh, it was really just a job. To uh, I needed some money a summer. Meet like, some chicks a, too, right? Yeah. I met some chicks. I did meet some yeah. chicks. Although I, there was one day, uh, I wore a lot of like hip vintage clothes back then, and there was one day <laughs> where I was flirting with uh, one of the girls in the store, and uh, we were like chatting and flirting as we were like folding some shit, and I bent over and literally ripped from the back of my ass all the way to my balls just totally ripped open didn't know what to do she lent me her sweater it was the most embarrassing thing in the world like i had to like tie a women's woman's sweater around my waist to cover my ripped ass yeah so it was way it was too big of a rip to where even when you're standing you could you could just see it it was just totally open it was 100 percent open yeah so I, i only worked there for a couple months but i I was happy to leave when I did. Yeah, yeah. I I like that story. I, I uh, there's a photo of me in the store, um, and it's me. Like whenever I go with my girlfriend, we go and I sit. I just find a place to sit. Like that's yeah. that's the move. Like, they got comfy chairs. Yeah, you you just find a place to sit. Uh-huh. I sat at this table, like one of the dining tables mm-hmm. they were they were selling, mm-hmm. and uh, and I'm I just get on my phone to, <laughs> to pass the time, and I look up. It felt like, you know, three, four minutes. I look up and there are like four other dudes like sitting at the table with me, all doing the same <laughs> thing. Great, like, oh, really there's, a, there's a photo of it. I, I posted it. But it's, that's amazing. And it's just like we just kind of made it. I cut, did like the nod and then yeah. just went back to our phones. And it, it looks so funny. It's really and, funny. And I always thought, you know what they should do for these stores is make a guy section, you know, yeah. like, a, you know, put a pool table in there, put, put a dartboard, put a, you know, put some video games or something. Fantastic. And then just just for the guys hang out because then the girls don't feel rushed. Exactly. I mean, not that like they would care, but yeah. Um, you know, to to leave, you don't you don't hear you don't get the collective groan. You know, <laughs> if, if they're there too long, like ah, oh, just died already. Like uh, exactly, that's yeah, a brilliant so, idea. So I think yeah. So all, anybody here who owns a, a retail store that you know that caters <laughs> to females and, and not not guys, make a dude section, and I promise everybody will come out happier. <laughs> you know what? I actually there's a there's an idea similar to that. Uh, uh, a buddy of mine was in Copenhagen recently, and he said there's this park where you post up at like uh, uh, like an outdoor kind of like picnic bar, and you're drinking with your family and whatnot, and uh, you have a number on your table, and they attach that number to your kids, and then they go and play in the park, and they go and do fun stuff in the park, and so if they ever get sad or anything – they somebody will just grab them and they know they're going to take them to table number 19 where you're hanging out and which is crazy but like that can't exist in america but it <laughs> no can way. exist in copenhagen but uh but that for like the americana where like a dude can post up somewhere 
and he knows that that uh, his family or his wife is like leaving anthropology to go hit Madewell. And it's like, <laughs> oh, she's at Madewell. Okay, I got to go over to Madewell now. Where she's gonna be at Madewell? Like something like that. Where it's like, so it's not per store. It's just per shopping center. Yeah. In case in case somebody doesn't want to go around, I'm lucky because my wife shops like I do. We go in, we check shit out. If you like it. You get it. If you don't, you move on. We go to the next. We are like, oh, we're like speed shoppers. It's amazing. <laughs> we just barrel through and we're done. It's a fin- It's one of those things that we're lucky that we have each other in that sense. So, oh, yeah. You picked yeah. a winner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, uh, I, uh, for some reason, just in my head, I just thought of like this thing, yeah, where uh, yeah, you, ma- you make the guy section and then um, it just becomes too popular. Now the guys just want to hang out there. And like they just get a bunch going of going to anthropology? I'm yeah. going to go to anthropology get, this afternoon. Yeah, it becomes a local watering hole for all the guys. And then, and then yeah, and then they get no female clientele just because it's like a creepy vibe it's, now. It's now <laughs> sausage factory. Yeah. That'd be amazing. That's really funny. Yeah, that's what we got to do. We got to turn anthropology into a dude's hangout. Who's with me? Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, yeah, so what other what, what jobs have you had? Oh, man, I've had some fascinating ones. Uh, one of my... One of the most interesting jobs I had was uh, I worked sewer and septic tank maintenance and repair oh, in high God. school. Wait, yeah. that's, that's not a plumber. <laughs> it's not a plumber. It is the guy that, like, if you got a clog in your line going to your septic tank, I was part of the crew that snaked out that clog. Where'd you get that gig? Uh, my parents were like, we want you to know what it's like to work in the the depths of shit so that you <laughs> go to college. Yeah. And make something of yourself. And it worked because I was like, I never want to do this job. I did acquire some great skills. I can unclog a drain like anybody. You know, That is a great it. skill to have. You don't have to call anybody else to do I don't that. Have to go. And... I, will, I will unclog a drain real fast. I but see, now, now I gotta call, I'm going to call you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> it's exactly. you. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is true. Uh, there's, there's, that was a, uh, an intense job. Like I was also – I was like – 16 at the time and these are all some like ruffian dudes who would like just get out of jail so they called me dylan because this was like 90210 times and i (laughs) had a pretty boy and i was a pretty boy and they would just make me do the shittiest work uh oh man i I don't even think i could stomach that like it just it was maybe you get used to it i'm guessing nope you don't (laughs) you don't (laughs) maybe those guys did a couple of them would start drinking at like eight in the morning it was an intense job and i'm happy that i did it because i'll never do it again uh, I was a ski instructor in high school for four years. That instead of having like a summer job, I had a winter job too because I lived in upstate New York. Please tell and me the septic tank wasn't your summer job. That was my summer oh, job. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was my summer warm. Job. Yeah, <laughs> just for Hot. one summer. Just for one summer. But uh, yeah, so I did that in the summer, and then I would ski, I was a ski instructor in the winter. So you're good uh, at skiing. I'm good at skiing. Yeah. I'm real good at skiing. Uh, and uh, nice. I love. I I could ski. Like that's somebody asked me the other day if I wasn't acting or writing, what would I do? And I was like, I'd still be a ski instructor. Yeah, that was that was the life for me. Like just working, you basically only work six hours a day, and then you either ski or you drink. Like that was all it was. That's nice. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't, fun. I can't go fast. Like I don't, I, I'm don't not, have to. I'm not comfortable going fast. I want to be like so. When did you start? Well, I'm. I actually, uh, it, I, I've been like twice. Oh, and okay. then I've been well, snowboarding, but I've been skateboarding my whole life. Like I can actually, oh. I can skateboard 
pretty but snowboarding well. and skateboarding has i mean there's edges versus wheels but exactly it's it's i similar. think it's a lot different but all my other I friends mean, who skate are really good at snowboarding the difference is i think when you bail snowboarding it can be a lot harder well yeah you catch you go, an edge you go with the board like yeah, you can't exactly. jump off you yeah can't. you're just done yeah uh oh yeah when you catch when you go when you go toe edge oh like front God. side you're yeah, done just yeah done. i remember uh so many of my friends because i did snowboard in high school and it was fun. I just like skiing better, probably because I was I grew up skiing. But so many of my friends would bust their collarbones or tailbones because it was either yeah. you're going forward and busting your collarbone, or you're going backwards and busting your tailbone. And I think that's why I was like, I'm not going to snowboard anymore. That said, I have two just destroyed knees from skiing my entire life. But oh yeah, it's harsh on the knees, huh? Yeah, my brother and I used to kind of like like uh, you know goad each other on to see who could do stupider shit. And when I was 19, we were at Back Bowl at Park City, and there was a uh, dynamite cabin. And he was like, jump off the cabin. And I was like, you jump off the cabin. And he was like, you know, you, you do it, and I'll think you're cool forever. And I was like, all right, man, I'm jumping it. off the cabin. And I jumped off and totally ripped up all the <laughs> tendons of my knee and was oh. stuck in this Back Bowl and was like had to ski on one leg to get out of there because that was the only way I could get out. It was uh, it was the it was like the pinnacle of stupid teenager. <laughs> yeah, it's just so dumb. no, but it totally makes sense. Like, yeah, oh, I think you're cool. You, you think I'm cool forever? You think I'm cool? Oh god! Oh god! Instead, I thought I was a real weenus for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. Probably would have happened either way. Though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just, there was a it was a lose lose. Yeah, the um, the skiing though, it's uh, I don't. Know, I guess it's a cool thing like to teach people. I don't have that kind of patience. I guess. Or, oh man! And I taught kids. That's what I. That was like. So they, much patience. They don't listen. They don't. They don't listen. They just and they're cold. It oh was, yeah. It was a, and I was usually hungover because I was a teenager. So it was just, oh man, it was tough. I also didn't really have any money, so I would like scrounge for change in my car to go buy Rolos for lunch. Like it was, I would drink hot chocolate and Rolos. Portion your Rolos <laughs> yeah, <exactly laughs> just to keep the energy throughout the day. Oh man. Yeah. Um, you should, uh, I guess you can't really incorporate that in a wreck, like that skill, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, the opposite. Kind yeah. of the opposite. Uh, my first job ever was a shoe salesman at a, uh, at a footlocker knockoff place called Athlete's Den. And, uh, and I was really good at it. I was the shoe salesman of the month for my first month. So you made commission. Made commission. Yeah. Crushed incentive. Yeah. That to, was great. To do that. Uh, yeah, it's just, like, I always think it's just Al Bundy, like, you know, just a miserable Al Bundy. <laughs> That's kind of what I was working with a bunch of Al Bundys at the time. Yeah. And, uh, but man, I was, I was real good at, at, uh, putting shoes on. Uh, that was, that was, that was such a weird, cause I grew up in a tiny town of 10,000 people. So like. I had to see a lot of feet of what people do, I knew. What do people not really know about shoes that, like that they should um, know? Like, because um, because <laughs> I I know you probably know this stuff because I remember I went to a shoe store and, with with a buddy and they like told him about his they measured his arches and they yeah. like, told him all the different things like that you got to pay attention to that you know you're ruining your feet if you do this. Or, well, I'll tell you the it's the exact opposite of that. Like, I think I was 14 when I was working at that store, so. I would say shit like that. I'd be like, this one's going to be really <laughs> oh, great no. for the arch support. Like, especially if you're jogging, this is, oh, you jog a lot. This is going to be great. But if you might want to, you know, maybe yeah. you want a lighter shoe. It was pure bullshit. Like, I didn't know a damn thing. <laughs> oh, man. All I knew was how to talk while lacing up shoes. I could lace up shoes. That guy real did fast. that too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm going to talk and I'm going to lace you up. And it was pure, utter salesman bullshit. It's probably why, like, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, my character for the audition, all we had to do was really sell. 
and just and talk I'm a out good, of your ass, I'm a good bullshit artist. And there we go. I was selling shoes at fourteen. Bullshitting is still a good skill to have. I it's think. an amazing skill. To I have. think uh, I I do that sometimes when I go to a I I go to this uh, car show in Vegas called SEMA mm-hmm. every year, um, just because I work on a car show here. Cool. And I talk with all the car guys, you know, rubbing elbows, going to parties and everything. <laughs> and they're you know they're coming up to me and they're just and I I don't know anything about cars. Like I'm, I never grew up a car guy, but yeah. you know they're talking to me, you know, talking to me about their like exhaust and everything, and and I just had to look super <laughs> stoked, like no. What? No way. That's How amazing, yeah. man. Oh, God. And I just repeat whatever they said yeah. back. Like, like, <laughs> like the, the, you know, they oh, just got the new Magnaflow exhaust. Magnaflow? The Magnaflow. I didn't even know that came out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. I, I think I'm keeping up. Or, or in the back of the head, like, this idiot. <laughs> I don't think so. That's the amazing point. It's like, I, I think that's the incredible, like, a good bullshit artist can make someone feel better about what they're saying. Like, that's... That's uh, that's exactly what... That's the goal. Someone is saying uh, a con man, a great quote about a con man, is a con man wants to convince you to that you want to give him what he needs. And that's the brilliant thing of a bullshit artist. Yeah. I'm convincing you that I think you're amazing at what you're doing. So, yeah. Well done. Yeah, you're even if, even, if, even if some... Yeah, and I, you know, bullshit me. I want to feel good. You know? <laughs> I know. Yeah, if, if I'm talking to yeah. you, wanna, if you want to uh, give me some bullshit. Yeah, you don't have to tell me the truth all the time. Happily accepted. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah all salesman jobs. Like, uh, like, but yeah. now there's a, there's a part of me whenever I talk to anybody who's, you know, working and, you know, their job is to sell me something. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to just see into there. I was like, what, <laughs> what's your deal? What's your angle here? I want to know. Sometimes <laughs> I, will, I will say this, and maybe this makes me a dick, but if somebody's like... Upselling me on something, I'll be like, "Great upsell, man! That was a good job." Oh, like, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. I feel you, man. You're doing well, uh, man. Yeah, like I went to a, a sandwich shop the other day, and um, I was going to get pastrami, but and then I said, "Oh, I'll get the pastrami." Wait, what other sandwiches you got? And he said, "Oh, we got a lot of sandwiches." And I look at him like, "Oh, what's your what's your favorite?" And he goes, "I like I like the Reuben, which is more expensive." <laughs> and and then, but at the same off. time, and now my head's turning. Like, does he really like the Reuben? <laughs> Or like, since he's making the sandwich, is that just the easiest one for him to make and, and make me leave faster? Like, like things like that. Like, it's just exactly. altering my brain where I don't know what's honest anymore. And it's just just because of all the bullshitting that I've done, all the bullshitting that's happened to me that I think has happened to me now. I'm ready for you to explode when he's like, "I like the Reuben." You're like, "Fuck you! You don't like the Reuben? You're just bullshitting me, man. Prove it. Tell me the truth." Oh my god, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, yeah, what, what other uh, – so you, you do the salesman jobs. I mean you got to be a good salesman I guess if you're a – I don't know if you're like an actor, writer, like I mean, pitcher. Like you got to – You know, my brother says and this is uh, – you know, he's in venture capital. He he hears stories all the time like pitches and he says uh, that the story is one of the most important, important things of a pitch. And I think that, that can be uh, – I think that's relevant almost in any profession. Like, um, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, telling a great story makes people compelled to be a part of you, and I think that's kind of like what we're talking about with uh, whether it's bullshitting or sale salesmanship or whatever. It's it's telling a story in, was, in one way or another. Yeah, I always thought that way. Like when I would watch American Idol and yeah. uh, they're doing like the first auditions, but then they would cut away to like. This girl who's about to audition, but now we're in her house. Yeah. And we're, seeing, we're seeing her mom you yeah. know, in a wheelchair, like hooked up to an oxygen tank. Exactly. And I'm just invested, like, oh my god. Yeah. Now you want her uh, to well, win. She has. She has to do good. Yeah. Now. She. Exactly. And then of course she kills it. Yeah. And I'm like, when did they film that? You know, I don't care. I want her to win now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's the thing. I think that's that that's uh, that's the truth in any profession. You know, some a buddy of mine I just saw in New York. 
is just graduating business school. And and he was an actor, but now he's he's in business. And he said um, he's telling me about this one class where it was about social entrepreneurship, where you had to like come up with businesses that had some social aspect to it. And he was like he had misinterpreted what the class was going to be. So he shows up the first day, and the teacher's like, "Next week, you are all pitching me your ideas that you came here with for companies." And he's like, oh, "Shit, I didn't come up with an idea for a company." And the teacher's like. It's 20% of your grade, so don't mess it up. And so he, like, scrambles and puts an idea together for a company that's fine, whatever. And uh, because he was an actor, he went up there, and the the idea was okay. But the class, like, at the end, all gave him, like, <laughs> an applause. And he's like, what the fuck? No, the idea. I don't want And they're like, we're going to work on your idea. It's like, no, don't work on this idea. Like, I just threw this out there. But it was all because yeah, he knew how to tell the story. And then, yeah, and just did, 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 did all the moves. Yeah. Like, basically, yeah, just exactly. did his audition from two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, you complete me. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's just like the uh, what South Park did with uh, um, one of the characters. He like ran for president. He's like, wait, I don't, I don't want to be president. Like, <laughs> yeah. You can see it. I don't want to do this. Yeah. And he still wins. And it's exactly. like, yeah, we got your back. <laughs> yeah. like, exactly. That's am- that's exactly it. Uh, I'm not some other jobs. I'll just list some jobs. I was a bar back. I was a host at a restaurant for a year. Yeah, the re- the restaurant jobs are are fairly common just uh, common. for scheduling. Exactly. Um, you can the, swap it around. Yeah. Um, I good uh, money too. Yeah, good money. I was uh, I worked at a gym for a long time. I worked at a spa for a little bit so I could Ooh. get free massages, which were amazing. Really? That, yeah. That's why you did it? Yeah, because it was, it was in the gym, and I was like, I'll work over there. Wait, the, the spa guys get massages? <laughs> exactly. I was like, I'll do a day a week yeah, over there. Yeah, tell the person you're training, like, uh, <laughs> this is my last day. I'm gonna, I'm <laughs> yeah. over there. Exactly. That's kind of what it was. Uh, I was a writer for award shows, which was fun. Oh, that's right. You did a lot of NTV uh, MTV, movie awards, yeah. right? And the Emmys. That's, I love. Oh, and the Emmys. And the, we did. I did a year on the Emmys. Did the People's Choice Awards. It was fun, dude. Yeah, I, um, it was right, different, but it was fun. Yeah, we got it. We uh, we have a guy who comes to here a lot, David Wilde, and he writes a ton of like he writes uh, all yeah. the, the, uh, the Grammys and all the. You know, we stuff. were. We were never in a room together, but we were on. I remember his name from email chains at some point. Yeah, he's yeah. he's all he's all over the place. Like he, you know, he he wrote, he wrote for like Rolling Stone and uh, right. um, and all that stuff too. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we, I love just the the war show jokes because one, like they have to be. It's like writing a monologue for late yeah. night. It, they have to be timely, but yep. they have to be quick. You they have know, to be you, fast. You got to jam so much in a so little time because also like people with award shows will are looking to say. Fuck you to the award show. Like the audience. It's like people come in with this expectation that the entertainment is going to be shit. Yeah. So it, 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 not all the time, but most of the time. Oh, I'm yeah. I always, I always think like, oh, I wonder uh, who the next Oscar host is going to be so I can hate on him. Yeah, like, exactly. Know, so I can hate him now. Like, and then, but when it's good, you're pleasantly surprised and you enjoy it. And, yes. Uh, so they come in already thinking, oh, here yeah. we go. Yeah. So that's why your jokes have to be tight, fast, topical, like constantly moving and surprising. Yeah, uh, and but at the same time like and you have to know who's in the audience, like yeah. you, you point people out, you I mean, I yeah, you have to and that's one thing generally you have some idea of who's going to be there. Um but a lot of what I actually enjoyed working on were the stunts like um where uh it was like a pre-planned thing that didn't necessarily seem like it was pre-planned, but you could kind of tell yeah. as an audience member uh, one of my favorites was uh, um, when uh, Sasha Baron Cohen was doing Bruno. He, uh, as the character Bruno, he like had this whole. I think it was the movie awards. He had, he was coming in from the ceiling, but then 
the contraption got messed up and he ended up upside down in Eminem's lap. I remember that. 69. And it was just fun because Eminem was game and everybody loved it. Everyone's cracking up. That's cool that Eminem was game because I remember like a few years ago with like Triumph. He was, I don't know if that was fake or not, but. It's probably fake. Yeah. Like he's pretty game. He gets. I he love gets I love him. Um, acting and like like making fun of himself like, like in the interview yeah when he was <laughs> coming oh, out God, that's so good. yeah so uh yeah i uh a lot of the stuff we did was it was in that realm and i loved it there was also like seeing the back that was kind of like my first time because it was right when i moved to la seeing like the backstage of crazy shows like that and everyone's and, running around everyone and just running around just fucking chaos at all times but there was this amazing moment where uh it was the the vmas I don't know what year it was, but it was uh, the year that Kobe won the gold medal in the Olympics and uh, the NBA championships and was the MVP. And he had to present something at the VMAs. I don't remember what it was, but uh, he was nervous as shit. He was freaking out. Really? And so uh, my partner and I are there. And he's like, I don't know if I could do this. And we had to, and he had no entourage with him. And we had to like talk him down and be like, <laughs> you just won everything you can do <laughs> you this can't and he's like, me a <laughs> yeah. and he was like but this is he literally said but this isn't what i do i don't do this and i was like yeah but like you're literally the biggest sports person in the world right now and uh and then finally like he went out he did it he was fine he said the words that's all we needed him to do and he came back and gave me the biggest hug and remember like he's still a tall dude yeah I'm 5'8". Like, I was hugging at his stomach. Like, <laughs> he, like, had to reach yeah, down to like hug me. You're like a baby. <laughs> exactly. Arms, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he cradled me <laughs> in his arms. Uh, no, it was – there were a lot of moments like that that were just, like, awesome moments where, as a dude just moving to L.A., it was so cool. To yeah, so you, you got into it pretty quick there. Like, that's just, that's a – Yeah, it was fast. crash course just uh, moved yeah. to L.A. and – Boom. Right in You would be hugging Kobe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or Kobe was hugging yeah. you. Yeah. Actually, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and there it's cool. Like one of the things, and this is like a fly, a wallflower thing, but like one of the years in the movie awards, Mike Myers hosted when we were working on it, and uh, and they did a Wayne's World bit, and it was the first time that he and Dana Carvey had seen each other since they had kind of their falling out. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was sitting in a room with a couple other writers who were just chatting about some shit, and Dana Carvey was there with his kid and just hanging out, and and Mike Myers came into the room, and it was like, hi, Dana. Hi, Mike. Oh, my God. How have you been? Good, good. Good to see you. Thank you for doing this. Okay. I'll see you out there. And then that was it. And they left. And it was like, we're all just like, <gasps> that, that's the first time they said, oh, my God. Like, we were just blown away that, like, here's this thing that was held in such high regard yeah. to us. And, like, here's... they've been best friends our whole lives. Yeah. Like, we see them as these, these like, besties when in reality. That bummed me out. It was intense. It was a crazy thing to see. I mean, they still, I think, like, that all fizzled away quickly as they went and did the bit and had – like when they were doing the bit, even in rehearsal, they were uh, they were messing around and having fun. I think like it all went away fast and they had a good time oh, together. Good. But it was just a really like, oh my god, my childhood is in front of my eyes right now moment. I felt the same way when um, I recently watched uh, Groundhog Day and yeah. I just thought, oh, this movie is brilliant. This, every yeah. part of this and then – you, you think, oh, wait, Harold Ramis and Bill Murray, this movie yeah. tore them apart. They tore them apart. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and ruined it. Yeah. Until, oh until Harold Ramis was in his deathbed and then Bill Murray <laughs> decides to come over and, like, and, oh and you God. know, squash squash it before before he died. Uh, so crushing. So crushing. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's just like stuff like that just bums me out. It, it kind of takes me out of the movie now. You know, yeah. It's like what, me watching an orgy scene now. Like, oh, <laughs> you guys are miserable this whole time. <laughs> just, Damn we're it. just ruining everything. <laughs> now you're going to quit. You're like, I'm done podcasting because yeah. everything is ruined for me. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll be watching this scene. Like, oh, it's probably like 7 a.m. I'm a good time. <laughs> it is true. That's true. You know, it's funny for me after just doing this shoot in Fiji, anytime like, I was just watching. Uh, a show last night, and uh, the whole episode was at night outside. And I was like, man, I feel bad for these actors. They had to do a whole week and night shoots to do this. That means they're like waking up at four in the afternoon to go shoot all night and then going to bed at eight in the morning. And I was like, I feel bad for these people. It took me out, kind of like what you were saying. Like, it took me out of the thing because I was just thinking about the actors. Yeah. Does, does uh, watching movies uh, now because you write so much and you're in them, like, is it hard for you to, to do that stuff? Is it, can you still find a way to enjoy it, or is it you just I analyze still enjoy like, it. oh, you could have done it this way? <laughs> I, you know what? I, I still enjoy it. I think it's because I took that step away from uh, from acting mm-hmm. uh, that I really enjoy. Think, but I will. Uh, what I what gets me is bad VFX, like that thing that I was watching last night. There was like a scene where like a boat was going away from people shooting at it. And the VFX of the bullets hitting the water were so cheap and shitty. And it was like a like, big why? thing that I just like stopped it. I rewound it. I was like, that's awful. That's some <laughs> shit right there. I hate this now. I can see the pixels. <laughs> yeah, literally. It's terrible. Uh, it was such – it was so bad. Yeah, it's just – it almost is because it's so accessible that um, – like back in the day, you just have to find a way around it. Like, mm-hmm. how can we show that this is happening but not show it exactly? Yeah. You know, just exactly. oh, let's just splash water here and let's, yeah. let's do this. And and it kind of it was kind of you use the theater of the mind to, to yeah. figure out what just happened. But exactly. now that anybody could just make you know those kind of effects. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just took some stock effect and threw it on oh, there, what a and it was such a bummer. And it's a great. It was a great. Besides that, it was yeah. awesome. But I was just like, come on, guys, like. Who oh, that? An over an over the shoulder shot. Come on, <laughs> should be should be behind the mic. Who do you I guys don't do that? <laughs> then if I start doing that, I'm a real dick. <laughs> that's my wife's like. Shut the fuck up now. So yeah, no, that's good. Well, I'm I'm excited to to um hear about the upcoming movie Buffalo. Thank you, man. Right, uh, at least working title, right? Or is it Buffaloed? Yeah, Buffaloed. Uh, uh, yeah, that's uh that's the working title now. That's a script title. We'll see if it if it stays that way, but. Yeah, man. Hopefully, there'll be some announcements pretty soon about locking that all down. And uh, I think people will like it when it comes out. It's well, it's a funny, badass movie. We'll come back to the show and uh, and talk about the process a little bit more. Cause yeah, I, um, yeah. I love hear. I just like hearing like the process of anything. Yeah, and, I mean, and this is such the be- so much in the beginning that you know exactly you keep chiming in. And in that same cool. vein. I mean, just to tie it into the show, since I was a producer of digital content, what I'm fascinated about is producing feature. I've never produced a feature before. So there's going to be a learning curve for me where it's like I know what I do as a producer on set when it comes to digital content, but who knows what it is when it comes to being on set for five, six weeks for a longer thing. You spend two days at two days of filming. It's like, all right, we got a minute done. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, you know, just a quick thing on that note. Somebody was asking me, "What's the difference between shooting TV and shooting film?" And I was like, "In TV, we just shot like three hundred pages uh, for a similar budget that we're about to shoot my one hundred and ten page script." And it's like in TV, you just you do the scene, you make it funny, you shoot it, and you move and you're on. out. Yeah. yeah, and like yeah, in film, I'm like. There are going to be some times where we spend like two days doing one scene. 
I'm going to like be like, come on, guys, let's go, let's go. And I'm just like, nah, you're cool, man. Chill out. Rex would have finished this already, guys. <laughs> exactly. What are we doing? We could finish this in a week. We can do this in a week. <laughs> so, yeah, it's great. I should be snorkeling right now. <laughs> this is my snorkeling weekend. Can you snorkel in Toronto? I can't. We'll, we'll make it work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, awesome. uh, definitely Thanks, check um, everybody. Please check him out on Rex. Uh, that's where he does his acting. <laughs> yeah, he does a lot of acting things. Stuff. Uh, TBS. Also, if you haven't seen Wolf of Wall Street, just watch it. As well as a uh, um, his movie coming up. Just keep yeah. an eye on him. Tweet him at Brian Saka for all of your uh, septic cleaning needs, <laughs> and uh, he'll get back to you. Or just uh, if you need, I can tips. snake your drain, guys. I'll <laughs> snake anybody's drain. There you go. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Thank you, man. It was awesome. And uh, just a reminder for those listening, the music you're listening to right now, available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play. Just search Resume Podcast Theme. I'll support the show. Uh, check out the uh, Loxy Tour, Long Beach, Fresno, Seattle, going everywhere. We're having fun. Um, dates are at uh, my website or CorollaDrinks.com. And that is it. So once again, for Brian Saka, Saka, excuse me, for Brian Saka, my name's Chris Loxamana. This has been Resume. We'll let you know. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.